We're back with another episode of the Fake Friends Podcast with JD and Skip. It has been a minute. We are back. We got a lot to talk about. It is none other than the MLB trade deadline. It has come and gone. Before we get into it, what what are we doing? How are we feeling? What's going on? As always, I'm feeling good. Feeling great. It's nice out. A little warm. We had some showers the other day. People were freaking out. Oh, yeah, because it's not supposed to rain, so they probably think the climate's changing, right? Is that what yep. it is? Yep. Unbelievable yep. people. Fucking God. Jeez. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. It's hot out. Yeah, it's called summer. Wow. But, yeah, it felt <laughs> good. No complaints, oh. man. Um, you know, baseball trade deadline heating things up. It's exciting. Oh, absolutely. Lots to talk about. We first will talk about the MLB trade deadline. A lot of, um, a lot of man, so many deals, so many big names moving, coming and going. Uh, more, more ever than I can never remember in a deadline. Um, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about my trip to Atlantic City, the National Card Convention, and how fucking ridiculous <laughs> that was. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Obviously... Everyone's going to have an opinion on uh, Juan Soto going somewhere. But like we said, we talked about it. We knew he was getting traded because we're not stupid. And um, he ends up going to the San Diego Padres. And before they made that move, they got Josh Hader. So basically the GM of the San Diego Padres was like, hey, MLB, I'm the best executive in the game. Hold my dick. I'm going to get the best closer, the best bat in the league, add it to my team and go win the World Series. So that's what we call uh, a winning mindset. What are your thoughts on uh, the Padres? They did exactly what they were supposed to do. I, like every other, how is it, how many, 32 teams, 30 teams? Like every other team in the league should have been trying to do is go get Juan Soto. The Padres did it. That simple. If there's a player like Juan Soto that's on, that's, like, that's on the market, you go get him. The Padres gave up the farm system for him. And it's not like you're trading the farm system for a 30-year-old cat. How old is Juan Soto? 23. <laughs> yeah, supposedly. 23 years old. He's got at least seven seven solid years of MVP caliber performance. Yeah, he's not even in his prime. He's not even in his prime. Now, more importantly, a few things I'll comment real quick um, before swinging it back to you. Juan Soto is still under team control. So it's not like they just traded for a guy exactly. for a last-minute run. They have Juan Soto for this season, uh, Next this postseason push. And then they have him for two more full years where they don't have to even extend him. They could just pay him the yearly salary. Yeah, they're, they're going to have a high payroll, but at least they're going to have him, Tatis, and Machado banging for two full seasons. It's and absolutely Tatis ridiculous. Machado are locked up. Yep. So here's the deal. Will he probably end up being there long term? Most likely not because there are already commitments to Machado and Tatis, but it doesn't matter, dude. It really you know, doesn't you matter. You know why that doesn't matter? Not to cut you off, but after yeah. his arbitration year, if he doesn't sign there long term, you do exactly what the Nationals are doing. You go get a farm system back for him. Right. If you're not and competing to win. Yeah. And um, I, I, I think I could see them just letting him walk because they're probably going to be competitive for a World Series running this season and the next few seasons with the moves they made. But... I will say this. 
a lot of discussion about Juan Soto and what you would and wouldn't give up for him. And this is how I put it in perspective. You, I'm going to just assume you're going to agree with this. There is no one that's considered a prospect right now that is better than Juan Soto in the farm systems. So if you're a GM that is too scared to give up your farm for Juan Soto, whether he's going to be there in two and a half years or not long-term, and you have a chance to win a World Series within these two and a half years, you failed as a GM, in my opinion. Now, I get it. There are some guys that you, you people fucking glamour over, but it doesn't matter. It's like still unproven. You have no fucking clue. Look at all these new young guys that were hyped up that are having their growing pains that aren't. It's not clicking right away, and you expected instant success. It happens. You know what I mean? And I, honestly, I think Bobby Witt is the only top prospect, but he's in the league right now, that you would consider to be on that Juan so Soto superstar you know, path. But I just think I'm just cra- – it's just crazy that – you know, it's, it's interesting too. I read that um, – I forget a report of it, one, one of the journalist idiots. They said that the Nationals weren't high on Anthony Volpe from the Yankees, so that's why it was hard for the Yankees to try to get Juan Soto because that's pretty much their top guy. And I'm telling you, Anthony Volpe, from what we know – based on stats, is not some superstar. <laughs> so, you Yankees know. Got, the Yankees got Peraza, don't they? A, an infielder. Yeah, he, yeah. I don't know how good he he's is. A young but cat. He's supposed according, to be good. According to MLB, the show, he's going to be good. <laughs> Let's put it that well, way. Well, well, just to touch on what you just said. So it's not even just there's no prospect that's better. It's a matter of the fact that the ceiling is higher for Juan Soto. People, like, right. what I don't think people realize is didn't Juan Soto win a, win a World Series already? Yeah, um, in the second year. In his rookie year, right? He's Second 23. Year. Second, Second year. year. He's 23. A lot of MLB prospects just are starting at 23. It's the, the rare ones are starting at 20 and 21. And like, like Juan Soto is a rare one. So if he's on the trading block, you're trading for a proven prospect. You're not trading for a veteran that's only got two to three good years. That's why it makes all the sense in the world for the Padres to do exactly what they did because they're not only competing... <laughs> For a championship, but they're competing with some heavy hitters in the NL West, just in the division race alone. And like, if you want to get to the postseason, you got to be superior. I, I don't know why the other division that I would compare to that is the AL East. I don't know why the Mets didn't want to do it. I don't know why the Yankees didn't want to do it. Even the Rays. I, I, there's just teams that should have went after Soto. I would have gave up the whole house for him. Because like you said, I got two years of peer control. Two years of peer control. And hang on, it's snack time around here. (laughs) I'm trying to find, I had it earlier. I'm trying to find the exact um, swap because I don't know if certain prospects were in it that uh, are now. So I'm just trying to. Well, I know, it was, I know it was quick. Abrams, and uh, um, I want to say Gore. I don't know if I'm confusing it with somebody so, else, but I so think the Mackenzie McKen- Gore kid is not bad. Left-handed pitcher. So it's, um, it's Mackenzie Gore. Yeah. I know for a fact. Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel, James Wood, uh, Yarlin Susana. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. And then I think there was another player. Anyways, I mean... Oh, not, that was another thing. Not, since you named them, not only did they do exactly what they were supposed to do, but they pulled like a skip GM move and got Josh Josh Bell, and they didn't even give up the other heavy hitter they got in that young catcher. They only gave up like the premier prospect oh. at Abrams. K 
Campusano, yeah. Yeah, like well, a lot of people are cat. high on Hassel, but um, yeah, that's like their other top guy, I guess. I don't know. I don't know anything about him, but my thing is, is when I look at that list, none of those guys are Juan Soto. So <laughs> great trade, great fucking it's a fantastic trade. trade. Now, if you're the Nationals, you got to give that guy a lot of credit because he got some potential coming back to where, hey, some of those guys might be able to help that team in the future. You, you never know. Maybe Mackenzie Gore showed some promise. Put this you know, in perspective. I, put this in perspective. Abrams, Abrams, uh, right now, fair to say, is where Verdugo was when they traded Mookie Betts for him. Right. Right? And mm-hmm. in that trade included Downs. <coughs> two other guys. It was Verdugo, so that trade Downs, was Verdugo, Downs, and Connor Wong. One other guy. Right. So, and, and Mookie Betts, MVP player. Just won a World Series with that team. They trade him away, and you got Verdugo back and Abrams back. And at the time, I'm pretty sure we both were like, if you have him, no, you don't trade him. You offer him the money he wants because you're going to get back nothing in comparison. Now, Verdugo, solid baseball player. Does he compare to Mookie Betts? We are now four years past that trade, five years past that trade, Three. In three years, is Abrams going to compare to anything of what Soto is doing? No. Is he even going to be close? No. I don't know. Like, that's a no-brainer. No-brainer. And Padres, honestly, like, Padres stole the deal. I don't think they gave up anything for what no, they got. No, I don't. Need, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, all these people that get, oh, they gave up this, they gave up. I'm like, no, they gave they up give nothing because it's Juan Soto. Like, dude, that was the thing. It's very comparable to the Mookie Betts trade. It's like, again, no disrespect to Verdugo. I think it's a tremendous talent. Love watching him play baseball. He plays the game the right way. He get, they gave up nothing. They gave when up nothing. You talk about what you're getting, a proven all star, and yeah, an MVP. You now have you now have three MVP caliber players on your team. You have arguably the best hitter in baseball. You have arguably the best explosive player in baseball, and you have, without a doubt, the most underrated player in Manny Machado on your oh, team man. and your team is nasty your top three is be- is the best in the league you also got arms you got arms you have that arms are, that you that added hater right now you, yeah, added, you hater. added hater let's so you have three outs in the ninth automatically that's a wrap game over if you have the lead <laughs> um the dodgers should be looking fuck we just got joey gallo who can't hit you know, hater. oh yeah who can't hit shit <laughs> so my thing is is like dude again Looking at the Nats, you know, you should be feeling good for your fan base. Be like, oh, we have a future. But in reality, you don't know if those guys are proven. Like, for instance, I know you said it. I believe it. I look at the kid. I can see it. The Marcelo Marcelo Mayer kid for the Red Sox, you know, he could be a potential superstar. He's going to be prime time. I understand that. But if the Red Sox were like, hey, we can win right now and get Juan Soto for two more years, I would have been like, bye, Marcelo. I don't give a shit. Oh, absolutely. You give up. You know what I mean? So it's like. If I was was the Red Sox, but. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a whole other conversation because they're not keeping they're not keeping the core no. that's going to help them win. Right. No. But so my point is, it's just it's just I was just making a point that you have this potential superstar. It's like, dude, this is Juan Soto. How many times yeah. does a player get on the trade block like this with so much control left in his contract? At, this, so, at, this, at this age. At this age, it's so rare. And the fact that no team <clears throat> was like, it's just insane. And speaking of the Red Sox. Who knows what the fuck they're doing at the deadline? They trade their catcher. They, they get Tommy Pham. They get Eric Hosmer. It's like, what are they doing? Now, I'll tell you what, though. I will say they fucking fleece the Padres on this. 
because the Padres are paying for Hosmer's contract. So Touche on the cheap Red Sox, they, they're not paying Eric Hosmer. So he could honestly come to the Red Sox and blow his brains out and they win on that trade. Um, yeah, but I mean, if that's what you're dealing for, then you're not trying to win. No, like they're I not said, trying to win. They're the not Padres trying made to win. A move because they're trying right. to win. That's right. simple. That's it. And that's what I'm saying. They're trying to win. So it's like that GM is executive of the year, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. He got, you got Josh Hader Soto, like you and said, Juan it's, it's, Soto in the matter Juan of like Soto three for days. Two, for two more years. He called up the Brewers was like, yo, I know you're in first place, but you want to train me their closer? And they're like, sure. He was like, oh, wow. I didn't know it was that easy. <laughs> what? And here's another thing that pisses me off. Not just because I'm a Red Sox fan. I don't know what I am to that organization anymore as a fan but or supporter, but... This dude for the Orioles, who knew that they were going to be hard sellers because their closer, Jorge Lopez, who's filthy. Yep. How were more teams not in on him? The Twins, dude. The Twins just added three, like, legit bullpen arms with uh, Lopez, uh, Maul from um, the Reds, and then they got one more guy. Damn, who the hell did they get? Um, Frick. They got... um. I know they got one more. I can't remember. Damn it. Let me try to look that up real quick. But Well, see, th- that's why I wanted to point out, because I was having this conversation with my pops and my brother about Soto not signing that 15-year deal, and they were like, he should have signed it. And I'm like, no, he shouldn't have signed it because, again, one, he's just betting on himself, and two, it, he's arguably the best hitter in baseball. And when I say, like, sometimes that, 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 uh, that term gets misconstrued with, like, numbers because— they were pointing out his average and his average isn't high. And I'm like, one, average does not matter in the game anymore from a uh, statistical standpoint in terms of value. I, I picked up, I went and named the, the person leading the league in the average. And I was like, is he the best hitter? And you didn't know who the fuck he was. Like the average, yeah, batting average doesn't matter. And then I used the example of Juan Segura who hit, who I think almost had a batting title and had like 12 doubles maybe, under under 20 doubles or something. And I'm a bunch of singles with 50 RBIs, so like your average doesn't matter in terms of value as a player. When Juan Soto steps in the box, every pitcher is afraid. And he was getting walked a lot. There was no one in that lineup. That's what I'm saying. Like when he steps in the box, they fear him. So if you put him in a lineup where you cannot pitch around him, he is the best hitter in the game. Yeah, when their lineup you can't goes beat him. Tati, Soto, Machado for their top three, you go, Fuck. You can't beat him. You can't beat him. And you got to pitch to him. You cannot so, beat him. And now that there's a universal on. DH, like, if he comes to California and he's like, wow, I never want to leave California, the Padres struck gold because he's going to sign a 7- to 10-year deal in San Diego, and he's tied up with Tatis and Machado. Yeah, it's kind and of stupid. And now if he's like, I don't like California, the Padres also struck gold because even if they're contenders, you can trade Soto in two years and get the farm back because wherever he goes at that point, Whoever's trading for him knows he's staying because he's a free agent next year. Do you understand what I'm saying? Otherwise, why would I give anything up for him? Right now is the best time to trade the farm for Juan Soto, who is arguably the best and probably going to be the best hitter for like the next seven to eight years in the league. Because you can't beat him. And not to mention that, um, on top of that, they also added the Drury kid from uh, the Reds who was having a uh, yeah. terrific season, and that adds more depth to that lineup. So it's just, man, San Diego just dropped 
their nuts on the MLB and said, let's play some ball because they want they let the league know, hey, we're here to win. Yep. And we're honestly, trying not, to win. How do you not root for them? We're so the trying other picture to in that, win. We're um, not trying to do anything else but win. The that other simple. picture was um, Michael Fulmer from the Tigers at the Twins. Got, they got Lopez, Tyler Mall, and Mike Fulmer. So that's, that's good for them. Um, a few more uh, trades to mention. A lot of trades. The last, last um, few minutes of the deadline, you had Whit Merrifield going to Toronto. Um, that's an interesting acquisition. Syndergaard. Syndergaard. No, no Syndergaard going to Philly. How about Harrison Bader going to the Yankees? They trade one of their starting arms, doing pretty well for them this year. Going, that's an interesting trade right there. They're gonna have the Yankees went defense, man. They got bullpen. They go defense. They're, they're I you mean, know, when you think they're gonna about move it, Judge though, their back to right. Doesn't need anything. They're gonna move. So, so here we go, dude. Think about this. I'm not making this shit up. I'm not trying to force it. The Yankees was just like, yo, we are making our team more athletic in the outfield. We have arguably the best defensive center fielder in baseball. You know, I know there's a few you can mention, but Bader gets. Added in that, he's a multiple gold glover. Center fielder, you move Judge back to right, who's already gold glove caliber player. And you now have Ben Benintendi, who's a gold glover in left field. So you now have a solidified athletic defensive outfield for the Yankees. I mean, good for them. Yeah, when you when you look at what the Yankees did, they replaced Joey Gallo with Ben Benintendi, mm-hmm. which is like a 100% upgrade in terms of Joey Gallo's performance. Not so much... Gallo's potential. If Gallo figured it out, he's Josh Hamilton type power, type hitter. But, you know, he's just struggling. Um, and I don't think the Yankees looked at their offense and was like, we need to improve anything because they're already versatile. Torres is having a year. DJ LeMayhew's. It's top already hitter. dynamic. Yeah. Like, you know, dynamic top hitter, dynamic defensively. Uh, Judge is, you know, don't need to say much. Stan, you know, and then you got, then you got guys who like, who can hurt you in the postseason. Like Donaldson and Rizzo, if you got pitching, the Yankees are built to win it all. Oh, they really are, and they they're have built the to win it this all. year too. If Chapman figures it out, at least come out of the east. Tough. They're built to be- definitely come out of the east. Oh yeah, should be. right now it's lined up to be Astros and Yankees in the in the yeah. ALCS. Um, they, I mean, you can't forget they added Montas from the A's in one of their uh, relievers, he's a, he's Lu- a solid Trevino. Too. Trevino throws hard, man. He, he fucking yeah. zips a cutter. You know, he he throws a zinger. So that's another. Arm to the pen, um, yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be a very exciting last two months of the season. I still got the Mets now that and the ground's back healthy. I, like, I'll tell you this, dude. The Mets um, are tough. The Mets are tough, but the Braves they made some moves too. You know, they just got the closer from the Angels, Russell Iglesias. They have him and, and right Kenley where Jansen. They were last year. They're right where they were last year. Um, it's. It's going to be very, very, very interesting how this plays out. Yeah. Mets still look like the favorite, but, uh, man, I got to uh, – man, I want to see San Diego. That team – I need Tatis to come back healthy. Supposedly, he's supposed to take some batting practice today or this week. He needs he's to be supposed in the freaking I think he's supposed to be in the big league starting lineup in two weeks. Yeah. He's supposed to start his rehab assignment next week. Mm-hmm. Rehab assignment next week, and – um I think you see him in two weeks. Where are we at? We're at the second. I think you see him like the week of the fifteenth. Depending on depending on I don't know their schedule. If they're at home, like he'll probably definitely make his season debut at home. So depending on where the schedule is, it might be timed up for that. If there's no setbacks in his rehab starts. Yeah, and so far I think the news has been um, you know, good to go. Uh I have no 
confidence in that because I rely on Yahoo Sports to update me, and they probably could care less about fantasy baseball. Yeah, but um, it will be interesting. With it will be interesting what the Padres do. Um, when Tatis comes back, if he's going to be everyday shortstop, because I know they were already moving him to center field, and I think that part of the plan was because they had Abrams. Uh, and so letting Abrams go. Now I'm just throwing this out there, like all the other journalists do, in terms of speculation. Isn't Trey Turner a free agent? Yes. Yeah, I'd be if I was the if I was the Padres, I'd be making that call right now. Give him, I'd give him the boat because if Trey Turner leaves that lineup off, then the Padres should win 162 games. Um, I'll say this: that is a great. Speculation acquisition, as we call it, speculation, speculation acquisition. Um, yeah, why not? I mean, dude, at this point, considering Tatis's, um, you know, glass body, you His might as well just go throw him in left field. Put him in left field or the outfield. Put him in left field. field. Nah, put him in left. Fucking too much Roman to do in center. Let <laughs> but Trent play I mean, out he's there. Too di- yeah, but yeah. he's so dynamic with his speed. You want him to cover ground. In Who do they can cover in right? left field? He can cover it in left field. Who's playing right for them? Who starts uh, in right? Nobody. It's not Myers, is it? Nah, it's no. It's anyone now at this yeah. point. Yeah, uh, it's going to be probably Juan Soto. I'm assuming. I think he's the D. I would DH Juan Soto. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, but, show up and just hit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, we'll see. That man, yeah, I, I just, I mean, if you're the Dodgers, you let Trey Turner go, you kind of fucked up. But we'll see what happens. Um, we do have breaking news call up. Uh, what do you know about Miguel Vargas for the Dodgers? Vargas? Yeah. Miguel Vargas? What yeah, position? I want to I want to say third base. I'll text this over to you right now. So you can take a look. Just got called up. Supposedly one of their uh another Dodger top prospect. Everyone's a everyone's, everyone's a, a top, top prospect. prospect. Yeah. Dude, I'm so sick of it. Which is a what great year was segue. He drafted? It's a great segue into um you know, the card talk that we can get into because um, I really do think this hyping up of prospects in the MLB bled over into um, like card collecting and all this shit and investing and flipping because I always understand that prospects have always been, um, you know, like having their own lane for collecting and people buying their cards. Their first Bowman cards always kind of been like an iconic rookie. People consider that a rookie as opposed to their first major league card, which is usually the true rookie. But my point is being is, you know, we can still talk a little baseball and blend this combo, but yep. um, you'll have guys that have never played major league baseball and their prospect cards sell light years more than Hall of Famers, proven talent. It's absolutely fucking insane that someone like Marcelo Mayer, again, not just picking on him, there's a lot of people like this, is Bowman first graded auto in a parallel, like a numbered card is like five figures, you know, four to five figures. Whereas you, you could go get like a Mookie Betts rookie auto for like a thousand dollars, a couple hundred bucks. Unreal. You know, so it's just like, it's crazy how this high, like I wouldn't even touch it. Like these these kids could and literally it's so momentary because it's, it's hyped so, up it's, right now. Right. It it these kids could literally 
just not make it due to injury. I mean, I remember in 2017, Royce Lewis was the number one pick, and this is before yeah. the card market boom, dude. And his Bowman first auto raw was just going for like five to seven hundred dollars, and that was a lot back then. And I was like, damn, that's crazy to put that much money into someone who's going no for clue. now. <sighs> exactly. <laughs> I, I don't even have to look it up. Not a lot. I'll tell you that right now because kid keeps getting hurt. And I think that's, he's good, but kid keeps getting hurt. Me, yeah, let me touch on this, not to cut you off on that, but this this Miguel Vargas kid, they called him up to the bigs? Correct. He's 18. <laughs> he, hasn't played awesome. a ga- he hasn't played a game in the, in the States. He's been in Dominican Summer League with the Cardinals. He's only played 52 games in two years. Interesting. No, this can't. They didn't call him up. Well, the he's Dodgers 18 years old are, from Venezuela. Are crazy. That is. He's awesome. an outfielder. He's an outfielder. Interesting. Hmm. They must. Feel Am the I looking pressure. at the right, Miguel Vargas? The Dodgers. He's on the. He's on the Cardinals. I just sent you the article. Yeah, that's what I. Dodgers promote Miguel Vargas. Did they just get him? Promote him to the bigs or promote him to where? Dodgers are promoting. Vargas was reporting to the team. What is he? What is, what is he supposed to be? Like, yeah, this is he's, he's called up. Him and uh, what about the James Outman kid? That's a joke. What about James Outman? Anything? No, name doesn't ring a bell. Okay, well, that's crazy. Eighteen years old, just got called up, didn't play no in the minors. Way. I dig it. That's pretty cool. About time someone does some cool shit. Calling up Miguel Vargas to the... I mean, he's got to be special. He's 18. He's only played 50 games in the minors. And he's 18. Talk about learning on the job. Hmm. He must be electric. Got to be electric. Yeah, because you don't uh, see He must be day. like a... Yeah, it's got to be a Puyi cat. I was on the wrong guy. All right, he's not 18. Well, the, 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 so the Cardinals have a Miguel Vargas who's the exact same spelling. He's a third baseman, and he's an outfielder. This kid is 22. The Dodgers are calling up this kid. He's 22. That makes more sense. I was about to say, Dodgers, that just didn't even make any sense. He's 22. He's been in the minors since 18, since 2018. He's played almost 400 games. Hit 23 bonds last year between high A and double A. Yep, must got something in him. An infielder? Third base, right? 6'3", 205, third base, first base, second base. Wow. 22 years old. Interesting. Looks like he can run a little bit. Had a little bit of bags. I don't know. I don't know much about him. Foreigner. He's a foreigner. He's a foreigner. Boy. Nah, not to, not to cut right. you off on your car talk. Uh, I know you. I know that that uh, I understand the sentiment of just like where people place value at sometimes doesn't add up. And um, I think in in that in that in that world, like you said, using Royce Lewis as an example, or even Cody Bellinger, like two years ago, there was a point in time when Bellinger when Bellinger cars were like hot tickets. Dude, it's crazy. His <laughs> his. His, so 
and cards, tops, chromes considered a sought after set. Yep. I mean, even like for a quote unquote low end, it's it's not low end, but it's like your average, you know. But it's a, it's a very popular set. It's what people want. That's usually a very, um, you know, pricey rookie on a hot player. Very good player, especially these refractors, which are basically the card with a little like holographic shine. They're uh, short printed a little more. I don't know the number on them, but they're a little harder to get. There's a little more rarity to them, but dude, his tops chrome base card used to be like couple, like in the hundreds, low hundreds, and then now you get it like PSA 10 graded for like 40, 50 bucks. Um, yeah. Great time if you believe in Bell. I mean, so the thing about cards is the value around players doesn't make sense. So someone like Cody Bellinger, who has the skill to play at that MVP level again, even if he got to it and put up an MVP season, hitting like 45 bombs, 100 ribbies, his card value probably wouldn't go up much. You're basically like lightning in a bottle when it comes to your card value. If you have hype and then continue that hype, then you will have value for a while. You know, like someone like Tatis who gets hurt, he kind of loses some steam and he's lost some value, but he's still kind of right there and is affordable in some sets, card sets to get in on. But, you know, um, even like a Ronald Acuna, dude, his rookie Chrome card used to be like a couple hundred bucks. It's now like $100 to $90 in a PSA 10. It's kind of ridiculous. Like a lot of like base rookies took a hit. Um, just because cards in general went down. But, yeah, it's crazy, the hype. It just doesn't make sense. The hype around prospects in baseball doesn't make sense. Football, at least you have quarterbacks that really carry it. Yeah, there's more that impact. Ma- that makes sense. But still, in baseball, it just alone doesn't make sense how unproven talent sells more than fucking guys that are on career Hall of Fame pass. I mean... Jason Dominguez, when he was the guy to, like, be hyped about, his cards were going for, like, dude, it was stupid. And, and that was at the time where you knew he wasn't going to be in the league for, like, four or five years. And but you know why? This is this is just a personal—this is a very ignorant, uh, like, assessment of it. I think that's because— uh, Who moves that market? Like, a, a more younger—a younger consumer, Right. Not always, but I'm saying, like, in terms of, like, what, what's valuable. If the, let's say the younger consumer is moving that market, everything is a lot more, you know, instant. And so whoever's on their highlight, whoever's on their highlight reel, when they scroll their feeds consistently, that's who they place value on. Yeah, I just think it's always what's next, who's the next guy Who's get yeah. on. Um but it's just crazy, dude. And honestly, like, collecting cards is fun. I don't, I think when, you know, these, dude, so, like, I'm at the National Convention. And it's absolutely fucking insane. It's chaos. Like, no joke. Like, I was not exaggerating at all in any videos I was making. Like, super busy, super hard to, you know, stay connected with your group. If you lost sight of them, there was no service. It was just a zoo. It was fucking awesome. But you have all these vendors there at this national convention. You're thinking, oh, wow, there's going to be a wide variety of buyers, sellers, people, you know, with different types of collection. And it was, dude, when I tell you how big this room is, this convention center, it was literally like the surface area of like a football field, if not bigger. And you're sitting here like there's no way people are just going to be interested in the same shit. And the vendors are all interested in the same shit. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You only want to buy Josh Allen, 
Trevor Lawrence and Herbie Hancock, Justin Herbert. That's like the only card you're kind of into at the moment. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's certain players that obviously they would, they would buy up, but like I'm sitting here trying to shop a fucking Aaron judge auto that no one has interest in. I'm like, are you guys fucking retarded? This value is going to double in like a week. On top of that is Aaron fucking judge. Why is his market so low? It's just, it makes no sense. All these vendors are fucking pussies because that's what they do for a living. They're like, oh, if, I, if the cards aren't moving, I'm not buying that player. So they'll only buy cards of players that are moving that and selling. Read, yeah. And to me, I'm like, well, if you're only doing that, you're pretty much going to go out of business soon because you have no foresight to yeah, realize. Yeah, it's a short term. It's a short term. So because so, you can, you can, like we done before, you compare this to like the sneaker market. You, the whole part, the only way you maintain is you consume is it from a from a vendor like you gotta you gotta you you gotta intake inventory. You have to because, yep. like even, you said, right? Aaron Rodgers, I mean not Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron Judge duplicates half of what he's done this year. Next year, value is still through the roof. And here's the thing: so, so if you're a vendor and you're like, well, I don't want to accumulate too many, we'll just use Ronald Acuna like base rookies, whether it's paper or chrome. Because now I'm going to be stuck with all these if no one's buying them. It's like, dude, not for nothing. But always remember, the cards you have now are harder to get tomorrow if you hold on to them because they stop printing them after that year. So Ronald Acuna cards, Shohei Otani, guys like that, 2018 is already four years away. So, yeah. you know, in, 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 you know, let's say Ronald Acuna next year because he had an injury-prone year, has an MVP season. Some people might be like, I don't want to sell my Ronald Acuna cards. He's going to be like this great Hall of Famer. But if you, because the market goes up, you now have all these Ronald Acuna cards you can start banking off of because you stocked up on them. You have your inventory. There's always going to be levels to consumer. You can't always just think, oh, I got to appease the fucking high-end roller should drop five figures all the time. Like there's going to be kids getting into the cards that are going to have money from their parents. That like, takes yeah, vision. I can, uh, that I takes vision. Right, dude. So what I'm saying is you have the, like for instance, the, one of the guys that I was with, he was trying to shop this like 2008 um, 9510 BGS Beckett 9510 on the card grade and auto. Tom Brady, Chrome, like Tops Chrome, part of this like um, special set for like his 50 touchdown season. He was asking 3500 for it, and people like, I don't know the market on that card, man. You know, that's I don't know the market know on Tom that Brady. card, bro. And it's Tom Brady, the best football player of all time. They don't want to buy it, knowing that once he retires, Hall of Fame, everything's jacked up. Absolute dumbfounded. They didn't want to buy any Mahomes autos. And I get it. Some someone's argument to that is, well, if they already have a lot of inventory in that player, it's like, no, 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 no. There's no a lot of inventory on a player. I'm I'm sorry, but it's not moving. Well, go right buy now. players that you want to move right now then. Even but if it's not to have that right in the now. Dude, I'm telling you, these people are fucking stupid. I'm sorry. Like, I, the guys I was with, I was like, dude, if we ran our own shop in terms of just kind of like maneuvering like this at these shows, flipping cards, all this shit, I was like, we'd be the best ever. People come to us and be like, yo, you buying this? I'm like, you goddamn right, I'm buying it. Is he good? Yeah, he's fucking good. I'm buying it. Yep. <laughs> Let's fucking roll because you have a vision. You know what yeah, I'm saying? See, it's and just, that's, here's what they don't get. Even in... Probably about to get cut off here. Uh, even in that, like, in that sense, yeah, I'm buying it. I'm just not going to pay top dollar for it at the moment. Right. I wouldn't pay top dollar. Like, if I would, I would still buy inventory, but I wouldn't pay top dollar if there was no market for it at that moment, which then I would at least make an offer. So like you said, your friend who was selling that car wanted 35 and I don't know the market on it right now. I'd be like, hey, you're looking to get 35 That might be the top dollar for it when it starts moving. I give you two Gs. 
I give you, I give you twenty five hundred. So then, if if anything, I can at least make a profit on it, of five hundred bucks at three thousand for it. Like to me, a profit's a profit if I'm in business. And so if I want, if I need inventory, all I'm trying to do is simply buy product under what I'm gonna resell it for. That's simple. But if you're if you're constantly chasing the high, like you said, if you're constantly chasing the hot the hot item and the top dollar, then you're not, like you're only gonna because if 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 I'm buying was only moving. The Josh Allen's and somebody's coming to sell it for me. Now I basically got to lowball them for what the, for what they're going for on the market, so I can make a profit, right? Right. Doesn't make sense. And my Business model was, doesn't make sense. And my thing was like, okay, so don't you want to have at least a variety of all-star caliber players from all sports in your inventory in case they pop off and their market shoots up? Then you already have their cards and you're first to fucking sell. Yeah. So I was confused to see certain players not even going. I get it. Oh, there's too much base. There's too much base. Like, dude, I was trying to just sell fucking Kyler Murray rookies graded for like 60 bucks. No one wanted them. I'm just like dumbfounded, you know? And Nobody wanted Kyler Murray? Dude, just crazy. Just just not interested. You know, it's just so for crazy, 60 dude. bucks? 60 bucks, dude. Crazy. I don't know. Like, yeah, give me five if you got five of them. Dude, you know, it's just, I, I, you know, it, it, I wish you... I think you should really try to make an effort at some point in your life to go to these conve- one of these conventions so you can kind of see. Yeah, they have a, they have one down here in like San Jose mm-hmm. area. Actually, yeah, if it's weekend. a big one, like a regional big one, you should check it's it out because you can see one. these vendors and how they try to fucking shice the people. It's a bunch of shysters, dude. And it's just, you know, I can understand maybe, okay, whether you have a boy or not, you know, I could, I could see, like, whether you have a good relationship or not with them. I could see someone just in general kind of being like, hey, I just buy it 85%. Okay, I respect it. You're honest. You're like, hey, I, I know the value is at four grand, but I buy it 85%. So if, if your value is four grand and one just sold for four grand. that's a 15% profit margin that he's trying to make. That makes all the right. sense in the world. So I get that. And I respect it. And honestly, more often than not, you sell that anyways. You're like, that's okay, what that's I'm cool. Saying. So, 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 you know, um, and that's like room to grow. So let's say you buy that card at four, four grand, but at 85%, you're now in that room and that card grows another Five hundred to a thousand dollars, you just made profit. even even better profit. So, yeah, it's just it's so interesting how these people maneuver and they just try to always get over on top on a deal. And like, you know, I I will say I did get a pretty fair offer on my Aaron Judge card for five hundred fifty dollars, and I was only asking for six fifty, just considering the market of the card at the time. But dude, in that fucking four days I was there, his market like doubled, and I was trying to tell that to people. I'm like, dude, this card today is not going to be what it's valued at tomorrow. And um, and the same card I have just sold on eBay for $1,200. So it's like, dude, it's insane. Uh, Justin just sold his card, his Aaron Judge, Topps Chrome, Gold Auto, number to 50, mine's number to 250, both PSA 9s. He just sold his today for $2,400. Um, See ya. So, so it's like, and it's Aaron Judge. I don't want to necessarily sell the card, but considering what I got in on it, it makes sense for me to sell it. You know, um, you know, I could use the cash. Cash is king. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money, dollar, dollar, bill, y'all. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's just nuts, dude. That whole world is something completely different. And it's freaking, these vendors, dude, they're like, you can, you can tell based on what cards they have, like how, uh, like how they run their game. And not, again, it's not all of them. There's some really great people out there. 
And you know who my favorite people are the most are the vintage ones. The ones that are like, I've been collecting for fucking 60 years, man. I remember pulling a Mickey Mantle rook. Because they put more like, value on things. They yeah, put better so value they, on things. They have, the, they have the vintage card sets, dude. It's insane. So you get to like see a library of like all the Hall yeah. of Famers. They're all in like great condition. It's crazy. You're like, man, that, that looks better than cards today. Like, So it's really cool to see shit like that. And um, yeah, card market. Uh, ran into some former, former players. It was cool. Like Ed Reed, Allen Iverson, and uh, Chris Mullins was there with like Run DMC at a table, very random. Um, <laughs> is that at a? Is it in? Is it at Atlantic City every year? No, they, they move it they to move certain it, right? venues. Um, it was just in Chicago not too long ago, and I think it's going back there. Supposedly that was a good venue. So next year it's in Chicago. Huh. I don't really have any interest in going to Chicago, considering it's a fucking war zone. But um, now. Only certain, only certain neighborhoods. Certain neighborhoods, but um, I do want to check it out um, every year now, kind of honestly, because it's a fun trip, especially especially if gambling on sports is allowed in that state. I'm more enticed to go because yeah. we can wrap this up. You know, we're kind of at our 40-minute marker, that sweet spot. Um, over the weekend, oh, man, let me tell you, sports bet. I'm not even a big gambler, but sports betting is so fucking fun. It just makes the game so much more fun to watch. And um, we were bitching the whole time how there was no sports books in, in Massachusetts and we're just shitting on the state. They have a beautiful encore casino. And finally yesterday, the legislators fucking figured out their lives. So like, what's more important than anything else in the state? Betting on sports, absolutely right. So I'll have sports betting, not to dox my location, but yep, I'll have uh, sports betting. I can't fucking wait. Um, I will watch every UFC pay-per-view at that fucking casino because, <laughs> dude, I am not making this up. Obviously, the crowd grows a little more as you get closer to the um, the main event, but Amanda Nunez versus Julia, Juliana Pena, dude, that fucking sportsbook, sportsbook, sportsbook room was packed, and it was like every move, everyone was like, oh, oh going nuts, dude. Like when she... She had her like three times. Pena had Mananunia's like three times in this deadly arm bar. And you, you were like, she's not going to escape. She's going to like snap her arm. She got on. Everyone was like freaking out. Julia Pena got fucking dropped three times with like right hooks. Dude, it was, it was absolutely insane. It was madness. You were on the edge of your seat freaking out. And um, a lot of fun. Fucking betting on sports is fucking fun. That's what it, it is. is. Especially, Especially when you, when you win. It. Yeah, when it's you even even It's even more so. fun when you win. So I'm looking forward to that. And... um. Yeah, casinos found a new game, blackjack. Big blackjack guy now. Big blackjack guy. Nah, fuck that. Fuck that. Big blackjack guy. Nah, big blackjack guy. Blackjack big. sucks. Blackjack is fucking fun, brother. <laughs> blackjack. Blackjack no, you know is sucks? terrible to play. Dude, th- you know what sucks? Our slot machines. Biggest scam. Yeah, you don't so play those. Those are so fucking pa- computers designed to take your money. So apparently this guy um, on the third night we were there was like the highest roller at that casino he was like their top client he was like some famous dude Mm -hmm. and um he was going around to um he like knew how to beat the slot machine system somehow he was going to multiple slot machines and just throwing hundreds of like hundred dollar bills into it like it was fucking toilet paper you're just ripping in he was hitting like 4k 2k on these machines dude and and people were like going to use them and you were like no 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 those are like paying out you can't use them right now so he would hit on one and go to the next one until it would pay out. And he'd just feed it hundreds and just bet max, max, max until it hit. And then So he go. just had the money to wait. He just had the money to waste mm-hmm. until it started to pay out because all it is is a computer with an algorithm designed Correct. to take a certain mm-hmm. amount of spins. And mm-hmm. then that's why you get one person to get lucky here and there because it's yep. time for that machine to pay out. Wow. 
So yeah, he beat the system. Yeah. But like I always say, it takes money. It takes money to make money. If you want to win big, you got to bet big. You got to bet big, and scared money don't make no money. Nope, that's simple. If I ever, if I ever go broke, I'm gonna take your money, Meek Mill. Yep. Um, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. And um, now that's all I got. If you wanna wrap it up here, any any die on the hills, any predictions, anything you wanna fucking throw your fucking your and weight you know, on. Um, not so much a die on the hill, but I do I do look. I'll, I'll I'll wrap it up with with some Soto talk. I think he. Uh, it's a tough one to, to project, but I think he stays in San Diego. I, could I don't see think it. he leaves in two years. I think I think they pay him. Um, but it also would definitely totally make sense if they're just trying to win right now. They get two years out of him, then he's gone. And if that happens, about that. if that happens, we'll have another show in two years, and I'll die on the hill when he's a free agent about where he's going to go. But right now, it makes sense for him to stay in San Diego. They got a young core in Tatis and Soto, like that. And because of the years on Fernando's contract, he's not getting paid a lot not, yearly. No, you can afford Same to pay Machado. Soto. Same with Machado. You can afford to pay so you Soto actually, for seven actually, years, and you can yeah, give yep. him like thirty-five a, a year. And the fact that you have the players you do, you're no longer, uh, uh, especially if you win a World Series, or at least get to one or a pennant. You're no longer a mid-market team like San Diego's a major market team now, based on the yep. fucking players they have there. Yep. And their, their stadium selling out, like they're going to be making a fuck ton of money, and they'll probably get exactly. a new TV deal. They keep. The, so I'm sure. I'm sure that owner and GM are going to try to work on some form of TV deal if they know they have Juan Soto and they can keep him to have those three. That, that dude. See ya. That that. There's just. There's no need to blow that up. There's no need. They'll be making money. That's San Diego, man. See ya. So, I agree with that. Um, <clears throat> I think for me, keep it baseball. Um, Aaron Judge will hit seventy. He's going What's to he seven. Got 42, 43? I, I don't know. 43, 44. I don't I mean, he pretty much has to hit like 30 more home runs to break Ponza's record. He's hitting. I, 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 he's going to hit 70, man. He's going to catch. In a month and a half? Hot. He's going to get hot. He's going to get real hot. in a month and a half? That's at least 15. In a, I mean, yeah. fuck, he might hit 15 this month. And 15. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You never know what Aaron Judge because he hits <laughs> wiffle balls, dude. 15, he's, he's swinging he a wiffle ball back. 15 this he hits fly Honestly, it's not easy, but like for a guy like that, that's he easily could. possible for him to do. He can just get on front on a. On he could, he could hit fifteen this month. If I he could hit fifteen this month, there's thirty one days in August. There's thirty days in September. Doesn't the season? When's the season in? I think like August second or something. August 3rd. September second, right? October, no, October third. No, no, October, 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 yeah. Yeah, he. He, he needs might. an MVP, dude. He needs MVP. Aaron Judge gets MVP. Like he just needs it. He needs MVP. He doesn't need it, but, like, he needs that accolade. Like, I need J- Judge to have that accolade. Like, be able to say Aaron Judge, MVP player, on top of what he's already done for the impact of the game, on top of already being, you know, the face of baseball without being called the face of baseball. He needs that MVP. He needs it. Unreal. I like it. So, yeah. All right, cool. As always. That's that. Let's wrap it up. Until next time, hopefully sooner than later, but it's always a pleasure.